Hello and welcome. My name is R.C. Diedrich, and you're listening to You're All Set, the radio show about navigating the chaos of the world together. Today's episode, Stifled the Stress, Part 2. You're All Set is sponsored by All Set. Community, everything, all the time. Download All Set in the app or Google Play Store to join a community of forward-looking thinkers looking to make the world a more efficient and effective place. Offer what you have, get what you need. That's what All Set is all about. And now, back to the show. Today, we'll be talking about things like how stress affects both our mental and physical health and what the best practices are to achieve our best selves. We'll be speaking with 420 yoga instructor and physical therapist Dr. Liz McDonald to find out just that. But before we speak with her, here's what you need to know if you didn't already know. As of recent, the population of the world is a little stressed. The coronavirus is affecting pretty much everyone, and while different parts of the world are handling things differently, nearly everyone has the possibility of contracting the virus. This alone causes higher levels of stress, which, as Ace Dolagosa pointed out in part one of Stifle the Stress, weakens your immune system. This consequentially increases your chance of catching the virus, consequentially increasing your stress. Yes, it's a vicious cycle. This stress all comes on top of our day-to-day stresses, along with the stress that has come from our world being put on pause. As people lose their jobs and the virus continues to spread, the stress of the people is increasing. You can almost feel it in the air. Last week, I spoke with Ace Dolagosa on how the presence of the coronavirus has shaken up her life with a focus on how she's working to combat her stress and take on the world. With a similar intention, I'd like to welcome Liz McDonald to the show. Thank you so much, R.C. Absolutely. Can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself, about your 420 yoga and your experience with physical therapy? Sure. Um, I moved to L.A. in 2008. I started um, using marijuana with my private clients who had cards at that time, probably around 2008, turning into 2009. And I just noticed that... um, they were able to drop in a lot quicker. I had been practicing yoga myself for 10 years and teaching it for about five. And suddenly in California, um, with the addition of the weed, I just noticed that people's focus shifted from, you know, I want tight buns to, oh, wow, I can actually feel my chakras. Um, so mm. it was like an incredible shortcut and incredible teaching tool to kind of get people to the, what I think is the real point of the practice. Um, And then uh, through a series of encounters, I ended up meeting someone who like owned half of Los Angeles and offered me a space for the first year for free. And at the time, absolutely nothing about business. Um, But I was like, okay, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Let's do this. And so I started offering 420 yoga in a group format Definitely at this time, you know, the laws were very much in a gray area at times. I I already started getting a lot of press right away, but then the landlord was raising his eyebrows at me. So I really had to kind of walk a very fine line of telling people, hey, you know, you need to medicate like off the property, you know, also don't drive. So people are, were typically like hot boxing in their car and then walking into class. Mm. And that's kind of how we did it. And uh, that was great. I did that for several years. I wanted to include also people that choose to not smoke. I didn't, you know, radical inclusion. I didn't want to alienate anybody, but I definitely wanted to use the plant as a muse 
so that people would be practicing with, with a higher vibration. Uh, then I had a lot of success, you know, uh, the New York Times came out, Vice came out, Yoga Journal came out, it was still kind of a controversial thing. I should say I had a success in terms of attention, not necessarily in terms of uh, finances. Mm, okay. <laughs> so I kind of overnight actually lost the space. Um, I was outbid by, by a belly dancer, actually. And Oh, I see. I know, right? It's like, wow. That's what we were fighting against. We were going to, going for the spiritual and they're going for the physical. Exactly. At, at any rate, I just found myself like having a lot of expertise, having helped a lot of people, but having absolutely no money and then no recourse for unemployment because I was self-employed. And I just like, you know what? To heck with this. I'm going to make it official and apply it to physical therapy school. And I did that. You know, I just wanted to be a boss. Uh, another kind of problem just within the world of yoga is that there's so many different trainings, you know, there's like A through Z of different schools you can go to. And so there's not really like a hierarchical progression, for example, as there is in the martial arts, you know, going to a black belt. Mm, yes. Okay. I see. Yeah. 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 So there isn't that. So I really just wanted to kind of just once and for all, like get my black belt in terms of anatomy, biomechan- biomechanics and dissect a cadaver and, and just feel like a real boss in terms of what I was talking about and then how I was going to be able to help people, uh, particularly private clients that came to me with specific uh, musculoskeletal complaints. Mm, okay, I see. And so you completed that and then did you start practicing physical therapy? Yes, I did. I started practicing physical therapy, blending. Well, I practiced in the clinic and of course I cannot really talk too much about weed. So for, for whatever reason, you know, um, I think because of it on a federal level, it's still not widely accepted. You know, the association of physical therapy is a federal organization that still has to be uh, very tactfully addressed. And then of course, in my own private practice, uh, just, operating as a yoga teacher, you know, I'm able to kind of blend my skills. Gotcha. Okay, cool. So you still do the 420 yoga thing and the physical therapy. Is is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say, you know, the physical therapy is my bread and butter just because, well, before COVID-19. Um, <laughs> right. Physical therapy is my bread and butter. And then I kind of get to have fun, like with my private yoga clients, it sort of takes the heat off of teaching yoga privately difficult if someone's like oh i'm going on vacation for two months and that was your bread and butter right okay i see so it's it's like you're fun on the on the side kind of to exactly to let it, it out uh-huh. um so let's talk a little bit about that like how has um the coronavirus like changed your physical therapy practice and and the yoga just with like contact and not being able to see people in person what's uh what's different now Hugely. Um, I'm currently not employed because, well, I should say I'm on a medical leave of absence. The reason why I'm on a medical leave of absence, um, PT is considered a, an essential job, but I have asthma. So my doctor advised me to not be out there um, because I'm at high risk for complications. So for the last month, I think I worked a couple weeks kind of in the trenches. I was doing more home health PT, which I really enjoy, which a lot of people aren't familiar with. So just real quickly, that is um, people who have recently been discharged from the hospital. They are homebound and oftentimes bedridden and just learning how to get up on their feet again. 
Um, so those are the people I've been working with. And that's been really exciting because I get to deal with people who have neurological insult, like traumatic brain injury, and also people who've had a knee replacement. So it kind of runs the gamut. Um, so I have not been doing that for the past month. And I do have some private clients who have been like yoga clients who I've been able to see online. But I would say that that is definitely just mad money. <laughs> okay. Okay. Gotcha. Do you feel like you have the same like effect, uh, like just video chatting or talking through Zoom, perhaps? Do you have the same effect on your clients um, when you're not in person? I I do have a background. So my undergrad is in is in drama from Carnegie Mellon and also in psychology from Carnegie Mellon. All that to say is that I do find myself to be a good storyteller and very effective with language. So I think that I can still be effective over the camera. I certainly had a great class, great group class a couple of weeks ago. Um, however, that being said, you know, there's absolutely no substitute for human touch. And a lot of times when I am adjusting someone, you know, I'm also giving them a certain energy and energy healing, if you will. And I can also gather information diagnostically about their body. You know, when I go in, say someone's in child's pose, for example, I think everybody knows that pose. Mm -hmm. I can go in, I can feel someone's spine or see the alignment of their shoulder girdle or their hips. And, you know, I can, I get more information through my hands and I also give more information through my hands. Gotcha. So while it kind of is not as, as good, you feel like you're still able to communicate with your um, clients, though, you would they would be better off in person. Yeah, I think, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I'm probably giving them about 80 to 85% online that I would be able to give them in person. You know, that's just kind of like in person's like the icing on the cake, but I can still cover all the nuts right. and bolts online and also still make it pretty magical. Gotcha. Okay, so let's talk about how um, you mentioned that you're unemployed. How is your uh, personal stress during this time? Obviously, a lot of yoga revolves around staying calm and um, keeping your thoughts centered but how is it um just because i think you know for everybody at home these are kind of uncertain times where uh, the future is unknown so what how are you dealing with stress are you stressed out um and how have you been managing it um i would say you know it comes in waves i had had a hope that i could apply for disability because the hr department where i work had told me that you know in these unique circumstances if you have asthma and covid19 that you can apply for disability. Well, I did that. And actually just yesterday they were like, no, sorry, actually, no. <laughs> okay. Shut <laughs> you down. Yeah. So it is intense, but you know, I just, um, I try to zoom out and really get the broad perspective. So zooming out is, I think, uh, something that I learned from Buddhism a long, long, long time ago where, you know, you feel trapped, you're in a small room, you can only kind of see like, your immediate space and then you zoom out so you get like a bird's eye view and and you get the long view of the whole thing and I think you know what like I'm gonna get through this so I think I think zooming out is good and kind of hand in hand with that is then also like a gratitude practice of you know what I am still healthy and I do spend a lot of a lot more time on self-care you know I had been a little bit burnt out because PT school was absolutely brutal and then I get thrown straight into PT and PT is, 
PT is beautiful, but it also has, I think, a similar problem that a lot of the American workforce has of just like, just absolutely draining. Mm, Yeah, totally. Yeah, I feel like, you know, 40 hours of like hands on work with people that often have really intense, like emotional and other issues going on. So there's so much burnout in my profession. So I'm, I'm experiencing a lot of gratitude over time to recover over time to self care over time to reprioritize and be like, you know, it absolutely sucks to be broke. But A, I've been here before because I'm a yoga teacher. I was a yoga teacher for so long and I made it through. And B, like money isn't the most important thing. I mean, honestly, worst case scenario, I've got to move back to Texas and like move in with my brother. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Right. But okay. So at the end of the day, you'll be okay. (laughs) I'll be okay. So I think the gratitude and the ability to zoom out is really huge. You know, what have I gained? What has nature gained? I I go on walks with my dogs now and I, or my dog, and I don't feel this, uh, this sort of, oh God, got to go to the next thing constantly. Right. That I thought that I definitely felt when I had more of a schedule and when I had more obligations. And so that's one of the pros kind of is like the, the time to just not have to rush off to do something. Absolutely. To just be able to sink in, to be present, to not feel the monkey on your back of like next thing, next thing, next thing. And I noticed it actually took me probably two weeks to really be able to drop into that space. I went to Alameda Beach with my dog and, and and I was on a walk and I remember thinking, okay, I can be here about 40 minutes. And I was like, no, actually I can be here all day. And Right, right. Totally. It's like a care, it's like a carefree time. Are you seeing any other cons or uh, pros, pardon me, um, like things that, that are good coming out of this? Because obviously there's some serious downsides, but w- uh, what else are you liking about this time? Oh, I love the lack of traffic. I love the lack of smog. I swear the air is just clear and sparkly outside. I hear more birds. I see, I walk around Lake Merritt. The water looks cleaner. Everything looks clean and sparkly and more alive in terms of nature. Again, I love the time and I love the ability to self-care. I also love the ability to focus on finishing projects. I started some some decades ago. I actually started writing a book decades ago and I started revisiting that a little bit. So the ability to tie up some loose ends and start, you know, getting into old projects has also been wonderful. Yeah. Last, uh, last week we talked a little bit about structuring your day. Do you practice that at all? Like having a, like a routine in your day or do you kind of just wake up and, um, go with the flow? I go with the flow. That's really important to me because, um, it's an anecdote to what I was describing earlier, uh, especially in the world with PT for, for whatever reason, um, we are very punctual. <laughs> and I say it for whatever reason, because, you know, that's certainly not people's experience in a, in a doctor's office or in a dentist's office or pretty much anywhere else in medicine. But in PT, it's like by the minute. And you start to develop this internal timer in yourself where you're like, okay, I know I have exactly eight minutes left with this person. And I think it's because you have to really fit so much into a small amount of time that you have that. So for me, kind of going to a very regimented, like I'm showing up at this person's house at 12 and this person's house at 115 and I'm writing notes in my car from, you know, 215 to 230. And when I go into the next person's house, I think that for me, it's been particularly healing to just kind of live life a little bit more like an animal and, Hmm. and just 
expect, you know, oh, actually now I'm hungry and actually now I'm tired. Right, just playing on your biological clock kind of. Yeah, yeah. What do you tell people when they're at home and they're like, this time's got me down, this um, is stressing me out, I'm worried about the future and it's just kind of messing with their mojo. What's the, What do you offer to your students or your clients on how to reduce their stress? You know, I think this is obvious. Meditation. Sure, yeah. Yeah, meditation is huge. Just being able to slow down and get into a receiving mode. And also it helps with the zoom out, quiet the monkey mind a little bit, you know, so tell people meditation. And I also just really like to take the uh, the rules off of it and be like, you know, you can actually meditate anywhere and in various different modes. It doesn't have to be this formal like, oh, I'm sitting on my cushion and I'm chiming my bell. It, you know, it can be that, but it doesn't have to be that. I think a lot of people feel like it needs to be that. So, so what is meditation? What defines it? Like what's the what's the one thing that you do need? Oh, you're opening a can of worms. You know, depending on who you talk to, you're going to get different answers. But I am just going to boil it down to presencing. Just being here now. Okay, got it. And however you achieve that is is kind of meditation. Yeah, people achieve it through the breath. People achieve it through a mantra. People achieve it through visualization. Uh, for people that have an extra hard time, I would go guided meditation. So, you know, there are even apps on a phone now that will guide you through a meditation. And there's infinite stuff online. I, for a long time, I've tried many different types of meditation, but for a long time I did meditation uh, with a woman named Chris Cahill, and she does psychic meditation, and she has a lot of resources online where you can, like, just download different meditations, and it's great. I find it very effective. You know, if, if you can't quiet your own mind, having someone kind of lead you through a process feels good. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and then I also do... I also use a skill that uh, I use in PT quite a bit to um, to address uh, people with chronic pain issues, and it's called refocusing. Refocusing is kind of what you and I did together earlier on the call, just like thinking about breaking breaking the broken record, I guess, you know, the loop or the pain loop that people get stuck in of like, ow, my shoulder, ow, my shoulder, you know, life sucks, ow, my shoulder again. You know, you kind of try to break that feedback loop and refocus people on thoughts or things about their life that are better, that do feel better. So, so much of this is mental is kind of what I'm hearing. It's just like having control over your thoughts. Right. Yeah. Um, well, do you think so or no? Well, I think I think control is uh, – mm. yeah, I think control is the only one I'm like, oh, let's oh, not – I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so kind of just like um, not managing, but just allowing your thoughts to be healthy, perhaps. Yeah, and and also just resiliency and being like, okay, like that was a bad moment, but we're gonna bounce back from that. I guess just like healthy coping skills and having skills and understanding that like if it does go out of your control for for a bit, you know, you'll get it back, or maybe it's it's okay to not control it. It's okay to to let it be and to be okay with that. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, and then I think the third component is uh, is actually really breath work, you know. And if you guys want to look at, I think the biggest badass of breath work is gonna be Wim Hof. You know, that guy is pretty much the OG of breath work. I actually don't know him, but Wim Hof, how do you spell his first name? Uh, W-I-M. Oh, okay. Wim Hof. Uh-huh. Excellent breath work uh, technique. And the whole of yoga has, you know, a hundred different 
breathing exercises, pranayama exercises, but um, the breath is definitely something, again, it's a tool that gets us into meditation. It gets us into refocusing. It gets us into gratitude because indeed in times like these, breath is something to be grateful for. Yeah, true. Literally and and kind of figuratively. Absolutely. Yeah. And that is, that is a huge component of my practice, especially online. I will definitely guide people through um, some breath work. Yeah. Gotcha. I'm wondering if you see people at home using stress reduction um, methods that are not healthy. I say this because I've heard people um, advise others to be like, Hey, just let down and hop on your computer and like watch a movie or play video games. Um, for me personally, I know that that might cause me um, to be relaxed for a little while. But then if I have something looming over my head, then I'm turns into like a procrastination stress. So like, are there other methods that you see at home that people use to reduce stress that might actually be working counteractively? I would say any type of addictive behavior. So in the example of, you know, TV or video games, and then another more obvious example, drinking, you know, any type of addictive behavior that's going to cause a secondary complication is doing yourself a disservice and it's probably going to cause more stress in the long run. So just know that I feel like everyone has some kind of addiction, you know, whether it's, again, whether it's video games or TV or you know, being on their phone or obsessively cleaning or, you know, it's different for any, for everyone, for drinking, for people who are smoking a lot of weed. In fact, I'm not smoking any weed during this time. Oh, interesting. Why is that? Yeah, I haven't for, for five months. For me, it was just time to take a break and to learn how to connect to the plant in a different way. And also I just want my lungs to be tip top shape. You know, we talked about me having asthma and all that stuff. And, and I understand that I could eat edibles or vape. I mean, there's certainly a continuum of, of healthy or unhealthy consumption. But I know that if I were eating edibles, then I'd probably be like, hmm, how about a little smoke? Yeah, okay, I see. Yeah, so I have just decided to kind of have this time to be a detox period, you know? Yeah, yeah, gotcha. So people just really have to, again, like zoom out and see what your behaviors are, see what things that you do. See what things you do not consciously, like unconsciously, and just be on the alert for like going to that too much. Okay, yes, relying on that. But like on the other hand, we maybe would want to rely on our yoga and meditation. Am, am I right to say that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, because that's a healthy way of, it's maybe like a healthy addiction. <laughs> sure. Um, would you go that far to say that? Um, is that maybe your healthy addiction? Yoga and exercise, absolutely. Absolutely. A healthy addiction. Um, it's kind of funny, though. It does sound like a little bit like an oxymoron, because I would say if you're using anything to to be unconscious, you know, which I think it's actually super hard to do in yoga because it, it's like all about going inside and being with yourself and with your breath. But if you're using anything to avoid yourself, then then don't do that. It is possible with exercise here. Let me give you an example. Someone who runs and just is on a treadmill watching TV. Right. Yeah. Just tuned out, not really present with themselves. Exactly. So running can be an addiction, but I would, I would ask people, you know, how are you running? Okay. Are you running in like when I run, I try to make it as a meditative a practice as possible. Meaning I don't use music. <laughs> 
I sound like such a nun right now. No, it's okay. I actually, I grew up running cross country, so I've run miles and miles with no music in my ears, just thinking it's totally therapeutic. Uh, um, it's, it, it is, it's, it's almost forced time where you're like uncomfortable, but your brain is like, okay, but I also have this free time to just think. So kind of, it allows you to focus on your mental and not worry about your physical pain as much. Yeah, you totally get it. So yeah, so I run, I go out without music. And I very much uh, also try to keep refocusing and, you know, it's a battle, but, you know, often I try to refocus on my actual body or my actual breath. Like how am I breathing? Right. Okay. Gotcha. So it's all, it's all about being present. If you're tuning out from yourself, then that's not healthy. But if you're taking time to reflect on the inside, that's, that's positive. Absolutely. Yeah. Going back to drinking, like if you're having a glass of wine and you're appreciating the sunset, fantastic. If you're just drinking all day because you don't know what else to do, well, probably re-examine right. that. Right. Okay. Yes, <laughs> I think that's, that is good advice for sure. Um, the last question that I offer to everyone on the show is an opportunity for you to kind of like speak to the audience at home. And um, it's just kind of if you could get the audience to consider something about the world around them or perhaps just offer them a piece of advice, what would that be? So many people are home and kind of just trapped. And I think even though you might tune into this podcast and it's like, yes, I want this positivity in my life you know, we're still locked inside. It sort of feels like the world's moving slowly. What do you offer to the people at home in this time? I think that there are a lot of things in life that are free that we can take advantage of. However you're choosing to quarantine, I think that there are still workarounds for things that have scientific backing of improving brain health and reducing stress levels. For example, sunshine. So I live in an apartment. I have to walk my dog every day. I choose to go on a run twice a week with a mask. That's how I'm doing it. You know, I'm sure some people are like, you shouldn't leave your house at all. But you know, I live in a building or without a yard on a high floor. So I can't like lower my dog down with a string or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so, you know, in the beginning when it was happening and everyone was like, just terrified. I was like, Oh my God, I have to walk my dog. I'm going to get sick. And in a way it's been a, a total saving grace to need to go out and walk my dog. I get fresh air. It's important to be outside with nature, even for five minutes or even if it's on your balcony, or even if it's at an open window, looking at a plant. Yeah, this is a good point you make, because here in the Midwest, I'm in Milwaukee, I'm recording this, we go through this, like, just brutal period from, like, December till March, where it's, like, and even now, I mean, it's just rainy and cold, and I've, I mean, I've just seen it among my peers and in myself is just that lack of sunshine has such a demoralizing and like degrading effect on both your mental and um, physical health. I think it's super important to like get sunshine and breathe fresh air. I guess you're out in California, so it doesn't get down to like, you know, negative 10 degrees. But when it gets like that here, it's something we kind of deal with um, regularly. It's interesting that you're pointing that out. I just see the parallels happening. And now people in these warm weather states are, are experiencing like seasonal depression. For sure. Yeah. Sad is a real thing. Seasonal affective disorder. And it's valid. And I think that some sunlight is better than no sunlight, just daytime for your circadian rhythm. So circadian rhythm is, is your body's internal clock. It's like, oh, it's daytime. I should be awake. Oh, it's nighttime. I should be asleep. That's important. You know, you want your sleep to be excellent. 
sleep is one of the best things that we have to heal ourselves, to lower stress, to lower chronic pain. So if your light cycles are off, chances are your sleep cycles are off. So, you know, just being able to like sit at a window during the daytime, you get sunshine and you form vitamin D, right? Which also helps you with your calcium stores, which is also relaxing. You know, calcium relaxes smooth muscle and the rest of it. But you get uh, most of the sunlight that you can use through your head. That's what a lot of Eastern medicine people think. So it's important to, if you are out there, you know, don't wear a hat, expose the top of your head. If you are out there, can you also do some grounding or even in your own backyard? Like I'm so jealous of people with a backyard right now. Mm, Yes. Yes. Just to walk barefoot in the grass to ground, to really connect to earth because right now, Humans are suffering, but the earth is thriving. So so drink in that energy and find that connection that we used to have to both nature and sunshine. Sunshine, I think, is so important. And for people that really are stuck in like, you know, I, I get it. I lived in London. I lived in Pittsburgh. I was like, okay, there's no sunshine. There's no sunshine. <laughs> You know, you can yeah. buy infrared light de- devices that help. Okay, interesting. Have you have you heard success stories with those? Yeah, I actually have infrared lights that I use. Okay. Yeah. And you see the effect? Yeah, I think it's I think it's a fantastic tool to have. But I think the second thing that I want to say is like having traveled a bunch, I have I have felt that the American work that work ethic is pathological um, for years and years, and so. I think what is also a gift of this is like maybe people see, hey, like I don't need to work as much or I don't need to go into the office as much and like I can still thrive and maybe like I don't need as much stuff or however that's that's happening. I just feel like, you know, people people are getting by and I, I really hope it recalibrates the um, what I'm just going to call like internalized capitalism and just like the need to be constantly producing that I think is one of the main things that's making people so sick. You know, in my professional opinion, I see so many people with stress related illness and I'm I'm really going to link it directly to that need to just be constantly on the hamster wheel producing. It's just, it's we're the laughing stock of the rest of the world in terms of our work ethic, you know, no matter where you travel. I mean, I think there's a like Japan is worse than us, but in general, no matter where you travel, people are like, y'all are absolutely crazy. You know, I just went to Amsterdam. They start with seven weeks vacation there. Like everyone is like, what are you guys doing? And so I think it's a really great time to recalibrate that for oneself because you know, the only reason why they're still pushing us like this is because we're all accepting it. And we think it's the status quo. And I think if people started to stand up and say, hey, you know, the four day work week has already had so much evidence behind us, like, this is what we're going to do. We're not going to keep doing this. And if we do that in solidarity, hopefully it'll shift the whole system. And then the last thing I was going to say is just, you know, look, take this as an opportunity to reinvent yourself if you're if you can, you know, this is that one time where you know you can maybe go back to that talent maybe you love playing guitar now is the chance where you can actually pick the guitar up um so maybe it's a type of rebirth for all of us 
Mm. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah, totally. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, This has been a wonderful interview and I'm so glad that we got to incorporate your perspective down the road. I'd love to hear um, what you're doing after this quarantine. So I hope to talk to you again soon. Thanks. Um, If anyone wants to find me, um, I'm probably most active on Instagram right now. So I'm under 420 yoga is my handle. Got it. Okay. All that's in the uh, description below. You guys can check it out there. This has been Liz McDonald. Thank you so much for joining us. Great. Thanks so much. Reach out if you're if you're interested in ever having a class with me, you, the audience, anyone. I'm available for privates and also small groups. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Darcy. With that, I'd like to jump over to our quick quote. Environmentalist John Muir writes, I only went out for a walk and finally concluded to stay out till sundown. For in going out, I found that I was really going in. Nature is a powerful tool for healing the body and the mind and is entirely free. Take the time to center yourself and focus inwardly. That is where the true growth occurs. Your All Set is sponsored by All Set. Community, everything, all the time. Download All Set in the app or Google Play Store to join a community of forward-looking thinkers looking to make the world a more efficient and effective place. Offer what you have, get what you need. That's what All Set is all about. And now, back to the show. Today, we spoke with Liz McDonald about her endeavors in wellness, how her world has changed with the coronavirus, and what she finds to be the best practices for stress reduction. There were certainly a lot. Among the ones that stand out to me are sunshine and nature. I believe that we often underestimate the importance of breathing fresh air, receiving natural sunlight, and connecting with the earth. Taking the time to reflect inwardly and to be present in the moment is something that doesn't necessarily fit into the hustle and bustle American mentality, but is something that we should implement in our lives to improve our health. Thank you for joining us. I hope that you take away some valuable information from today's episode. If you have questions or comments, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach out using the message feature on the Anchor FM site. My name is R.C. Dietrich, and this has been Your All Set, a radio show about navigating the chaos of the world together. Until next time, peace.